Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study Parshat Shavua over the course of six podcasts during the week. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I'm privileged to be studying the second half of Sefer Shmot with you. We are now in the middle of Parashat Yitro, uh, in the middle of Perak Yod Tet, chapter 19, which is the preparation for Matan Torah, uh, beginning where we left off at Pasuk Tetzayin, Everything up until Pasuk Tetzayin, verse 16, uh, related to the preparation for the big third day uh, in which God will come down on the mountain in a cloud and appear before the people. uh, And now we will move ahead to that third day after people have separated uh, from marital relations and have purified their clothes and become prepared for this day. Vayhi vayom hashilishi biyota boker. It was on the third day at the morning, So, Vayhi, here you would think should be Vayhiyu, because it's describing many things. The Vayhi matches with Vayhi by Lishi, and it becomes sort of like a banner statement. And it was the following. And what was the following? Kolot uvrakim sounds and the lightnings, so kolot would then imply thunder, and a very thick cloud on the mountain, as Hashem had promised earlier, and a very loud sound of a shofar. Now, everything up until that point uh, is, uh, is natural, and yet, to f- suddenly find a thick cloud and a thunderstorm uh, in the middle of the desert, in the spring is unusual, but the Kol Shofar is really a supernatural event. Hearing the Shofar, we'll talk about the significance of that Shofar. And if you recall, earlier we had that the sound of the Shofar would be the sign that they may go up to the mountain. Here this indication seems to be that this is now warning them away from the mountain. As if to say, here is the sound, first sound of the shofar. When you hear the end of the sound of the shofar, or the final sound of the shofar, then you may ascend the mountain, or perhaps should ascend the mountain. In any case, it's a very strong sound. And all of the people who were there in the camp were shaking. They were trembling out of fear. Now, this pasuk is filled with illusions that take us back. The first one is, Vahi bayom hashlishi. Vahi bayom hashlishi is a phrase, of course, familiar with from the scene of the Akedah, and the Akedah will come back to us here. The Akedah, of course, being a momentous scene that takes place atop a mountain, where uh, there are people who are near the bottom of the mountain, and then there are people who are at the top of the mountain, and the momentous event takes place up there. Uh, and it was the third day when uh, Avraham then sighted the spot and left the two boys behind with the donkey and ascended just with Yitzchak. And Biyot uh, Boker. so the first thing in the morning, we have all of these sounds, and then there's the Kol Shofar. And the Kol Shofar, which we already heard, which tells us it's the Shofar of a ram, again takes us back to the Akedah, where, of course, the Ayah, the Ayel, the ram, was the Korban that took the place of Yitzchak. And Vayacharad Kol Am now moves us a little bit further in Sefer Breshit. The first person we hear of who is Chared, who is trembling and shaking, is Yitzchak. When Esav appears after Yaakov successfully deceived his father, perhaps, and um, 
and attain the bracha, Esav comes in with the food, and Vayicharad Yitzchak charada gedola ad meod. And he, is, he trembles because of an awareness that something strange has happened. A lot of different interpretations as to that trembling. Here we have trembling of the people. Trembling is going to come back to us a little bit later in this parasha. But right now there is a sense that the text is deliberately moving us back to momentous events in Sefer Breshit to create the continuum and the connection between those events that happen to individuals in a very private setting, and both of them, by the way, being fathers and sons, Avraham and Yitzchak, and then later Yitzchak and Esav, um, that now we have the larger father and son relationship, HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his people, uh, again, experiencing these things. In Pasuk Yod Zayin, Vayotzei Moshe Ta'am Likrat Elohim Min HaMachanet. And the people are all shaking, and nonetheless, Moshe leads them out leads them out from the camp, their camp facing the mountain. He leads them out towards God. Towards God means towards the mountain of God and towards all of these frightening supernatural events. And what happens? And they stood, they stood at attention, they stood erect at the foot of the mountain. Simple shot is they stood really at the foot of the mountain the famous drasha that they stood under the mountain and that at this point HaKadosh Baruch Hu picked up the mountain and said if you accept the, fine, the Torah fine if not then I'll drop the mountain and you'll all be buried here what that Midrash means beautiful interpretations of the Maharal and Tiferet Yisrael Ayin Sham in any case however does take us back to the third of the Avot if you recall Yaakov set up not one not two not three but four Matzevot all associated with the great vision that Yaakov had when leaving Eretz Yisrael, when he um, dreamt and saw a sulam mutzav arza, a sulam anchored in the ground, same word, and on top of it, vine Adonai mitzav alav, Hashem is standing over him or over it, two interpretations, and then when Yaakov wakes up, he builds a matseva, and then he builds three more matsevot when each one of those promises given that in that vision is fulfilled. And Tahar is something that we're going to get come back to and on the very last podcast of Parshat Mishpatim uh, with the matsevot built at Har Sinai. So already in these two psukim, there are strong allusions to momentous private moments of Avraham with Yitzchak, Yitzchak with Esav, and Yaakov all alone, again on a mountaintop um, in, uh, in, in Betel, in Luz, uh, when he has his vision. And now to the mountain. The Har Sinai Ashan Kulo. Har Sinai is all smoke. All smoke. Because God came down on Har Sinai, as promised, with fire. Now, this is not the first time that we've had a vision of fire at Har Sinai. And if we go back to Shemot, Peragil, and Pasuk Yodbet, when Hashem says, Moshe standing in front of the bush, and Hashem says, This is the sign that I indeed sent you. And he follows it up uh, when you take the people out of Mitzrayim, you'll worship God in this mountain. And that's the simple read of what the sign is. But on a deeper level, he's pointing to him and say the bush, that's the oat. Because this is what's going to happen again. There will be a fire at Har Sinai, a fire which will not consume. And Hashem appears in this fire. 
The smoke comes up from this fire like the smoke of a kiln, as if something is burning. The smoke is when fire attaches itself to material, and the material burns, and there's your smoke, but nothing's burning up. And now, remember we had Vayicharad Kol Ha'am, all of the people were shaking, now Vayicharad Kol Ha'ar Me'od, the mountain itself starts to shake. And the mountain trembling, which is alluding now to yet another powerful natural phenomenon, which is an earthquake. So we've had here fire, we've had um, a storm, we've had smoke, uh, we've had an earthquake, which of course should remind us, or this is foreshadowing, to the famous story of Eliyahu Bahar Chorev in Malachim Aleph, also Perakutet, coincidentally, uh, where Eliyahu comes to Har Chorev, and Hashem says, what are you doing here? And Eliyahu tells him his story, and Hashem says, go out, and you'll see that there's a great wind, God's not in the wind, there's a great uh, fire, God's not in the fire, there's a great earthquake, God's not in the earthquake, and then there's the still small voice, called Mamadaka. So all of this is presented as sort of the preparation, the exciting preparation, and frightening preparation for what's really going to happen, which is not the natural phenomena and the supernatural phenomena, but rather the word. <clears throat> and this this particular subsection ends, Vayikol HaShofar Holech V'chazek Meod. And the again by he, the and and here's how it played out. The kol hashofar, the sound of the shofar, holech vechazek meod. Little translation would be it goes and it becomes strong. That's not what it means. Holech vechazek is a Hebrew idiom. When you want to say that something continues to go in a particular direction, you could say mosif vaholech or holech mosif. It continues to get more. Pochet vaholech. It continues to get less. Mordechai becomes bigger and bigger in the king's palace. In the same way, means it continues to get stronger and stronger, the sound of the shofar. So of all these sounds, the thunder and the vision of the smoke and the cloud and everything else, rising above all of it seems to be the sound of a shofar, which of course seems to be defeating what the purpose of all this is, which is for Hashem to speak. And then we have a phrase which is most difficult to try to interpret. Moshe Yudaber, Moshe speaks, and God responds to him, which of course seems to be very strange because the whole point of this revelation is for God to speak, as he said, that everyone will hear me speaking to you and will trust you, and that they will hear God's voice, but not that it's Moshe speaking and God's going to respond to him. Hashem is supposed to give the voice, and Moshe's not supposed to say anything. This Hashem giving the mitzvot. And that's why several commentators understand that this point here is not referring to the revelation that we're going to read about in Parakhaf and will be the focus of the next podcast, but rather about these next six psukim, which take us from here to the end of the parak. And so we'll read them together as a unit. So God now himself comes down, whatever that may mean, to the top of the mountain. And Moshe is not on the top of the mountain. Hashem then summons Moshe to come to the top of the mountain, and Moshe comes up. And now on top of the mountain, what happens? So then Hashem says to Moshe, go down. So he called him up. He said, go down and ha'ed, testify, but ha'ed, 
actually goes to an Akkadian root, which means to warn. Go warn the people. Because they may burst forth, literally destroy, but they may be so zealous that they'll come to God to see, and many of them will die. And Moshe has it, and, and he continues, Suddenly we hear about a group that we did not know about, the Kohanim. Are these the Kohanim who are Aharon and his sons? Not likely, because they haven't yet been designated. So does it mean that there is a select group within Am Yisrael already recognized as something of officiants or elders? Perhaps. But the Kohanim who come close to Hashem, they should be sanctified. Which seems to indicate that there are some people that Hashem is going to summon closer than everybody else, and they have to become sanctified, we're not told how, so that God does not parates by him, literally to cause a breach against them. And that's a word that we're familiar with from a much more explicit story, which is the story of Uzzah in Shmuel Bet Perak Vav, when the Aron is being brought to Yerushalayim, and the Aron falls off of the wagon, and Uzzah goes to, to stop it, and Hashem kills him on the spot, and David calls the place Peretz Uzzah the place where Uzzah was breached, as it were, Uzzah was killed. So here, Hashem would kill these people if they were to have gone too close. So sanctify them, and the sanctification seems to be make, make sure they have a distance. And now Moshe responds, and we're going to go back to Pasuk, uh, Pasuk uh, Yotet and see how this plays out. The people can't come up to Har Sinai, why? You already warned us, saying, to, to, um, to border the mountain or to put a boundary around the mountain and sanctify it. Now notice, Hashem says the Kohanim should become sanctified. And Moshe's response is, no, you told us to sanctify the mountain by setting up a boundary so they can't come up. And, and, and it, in a sense, it's as if he's saying, what is the purpose of this command not to not to have them come up. They're already bound to not come up. And uh, and there, is, there are those who interpret that this is Moshe's response. You've already warned us. And the Rashpam is not happy with that. The Rashpam says, uh, we're certainly familiar with the idea of Mizarzim B'Sha'at Maaseh, that we remind somebody of a command when it's actually time to do it. And now it's time to do it, so it's, there's room for another warning. But the notion here is that you have already set everybody off the mountain, so how would it be that there would be people coming closer? In other words, you now talked about Kohanim HaNigashim El Adonai. And so now, what's Hashem's response? Aha, so Hashem is saying, new plan, or plan I didn't reveal to you yet, more likely. You go down, Hashem, Moshe had not gone down yet. You come back up with Aharon. So the Kohanim now are being put with the Am. It sounds as if Hashem has somewhat acceded to Moshe's statement that everybody's supposed to already be off the mountain, but only partway because Moshe is supposed to have Aharon come with him. Now, who exactly is going to be going up to the top of the mountain? At different points, we're going to get different pieces of, inf- pieces of information. At this point, it, 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 it indicates that it's Moshe and Aharon coming together. At a later point, it'll be Moshe, but we'll have Aharon and Nadav and Abihu, and Yehoshua somewhere on the mountain, all sorts of different formulations, and of course it's very unclear which happens first, and which of them are different perspectives on the same ascent, or the different ascents. 
However, at this point, So Moshe comes down to the people and he tells them. What is it he tells them? We assume that he tells them what we were just told, which is to keep away from the mountain, but that certain people will be coming up, the Kohanim perhaps will be coming closer to the boundary, and Aharon is going to join him going up to the mountain. When is that going to happen? Well, the interesting thing is that the very next passage, perhaps the most famous passage in all of Torah, the Aseret wrote the Revelation, happens, as almost all of the Rishonim agree, based on these psukim, that Moshe is down at the bottom with the people. Everybody's in the same place, having the revelation of the Aseret Dibrot, and it's only afterwards that Moshe ascends the mountain, with whom, again, question, something that we'll have to see in further podcasts. So the way that um, Rabbi Svi Hoffman reads these psukim, and I think this is uh, the recommended way to understand it, is that pasuk yotet, the second half pasuk yotet, Moshe Yudaber Vahilim Yananuvakol, is a broad statement, a klal, saying, this is the way this scene plays out. Moshe is speaking, and Hashem answers him, and Bekol matches the word kol hashofar, meaning either and it's not what the way Rabbi Dovzi often says it, but either through the shofar he's answering him, or more than likely he's answering him in a voice that matches the decibel level of the shofar so that it can be heard. And imagine the scene where you're hearing this powerful shofar sounded, a supernatural, miraculous sound, with all of everything else that's going on, and you can actually hear Moshe's voice over that saying what he's saying, and you hear Hashem's voice responding, and you can hear that also above the shofar uh, and his response. And what is it that you're hearing? You're hearing Moshe say, that you've already warned us about going up, and that Hashem's response is, and this now becomes the fulfillment of the statement way back in the earlier part of the parak, when Hashem says, I'm going to come to you in a, in a cloud, in a thick cloud, so that everyone will hear me talking to you and they will trust you forever. That is what happens here. The, all of the people are witness because they saw Moshe standing, going up to the mountain and being in this cloud that had covered the mountain, and they hear above the sound of the shofar, they hear Moshe's voice and Hashem's voice in this dialogue about what seems to be a relatively, not trivially, a trivial issue, but certainly not an earth-shattering issue, which is the issue of the people's distance from the mountain. But the point is not so much the information as the experience, is that what they are hearing is that Hashem is speaking directly with Moshe, and that... Uh, and this increases the trust. Now, going back to the earlier part of this passage, we saw in Psukim Tet Zion and Yod Zion a fairly clear allusion to all three of the Avot, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And then as we move through, the scene that we have is a mixture of sound and light and feeling. The light, the visual, is smoke, and the visual is a cloud, and the visual that we had earlier was lightning. The it was lightning. The sound is the thunder, then the sound of the shofar, then the sound of Moshe's voice, and on top of that, the sound of, of Hashem's voice. So you have find in these ascending orders uh, the, uh, the sound of thunder, which is a natural phenomenon, the shofar, which is a supernatural phenomenon, Moshe, which is a human phenomenon, and then the divine himself speaking, and ascending all of these levels in what the people are experiencing. And all of it, 
as sort of surrounding the event of or the command regarding the people separating from the mountain and not violating uh, violating the mountain by uh, by coming up uh, in order to come closer to Hashem. And all of this is presented as the preparation for that great moment which is going to happen momentarily in, in our next podcast, which will be the Aserta Dibrot. And one of the large questions that we will deal with um, actually in the last podcast is where everybody is during this event. We've already spoken to it partially. We'll speak about it more in the last podcast. We'll put our focus in the next podcast on the text of the Aserta de Brot and compare it to the text of the Aserta de Brot as reported in Sefer Dvarim and try to give some explanations for those differences. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.